Hello, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely Show, a podcast for women who want to clear their clutter and create space for freedom and joy. If your life keeps getting bigger, but not better, keep listening to learn about decluttering from the inside out. It's about creating a life that's aligned with your values and priorities, so you can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. It's Jen here, and welcome to the Simply and Firstly show. I am so excited to be here today. It's been a little while since I've recorded an episode. If you are a regular listener, then you'll notice it's been, I want to say, like six or maybe even eight weeks um, since I last published an episode. And so before we dive into today's topic, I just wanted to give you a quick update and let you know that the reason that I took this little hiatus is because I just need a little bit of, of a break, some time away from the podcast, because as of today, as of this episode, the Simply and Fiercely show is moving to a weekly show. So in the past, it was fortnightly, but yeah, I'm really excited. I just enjoy coming here and just talking to you about all things simple and intentional living. And now I have more time, <laughs> more time to be in your ears. So if you enjoy hearing from me, yeah, just hit the subscribe button. And I would also really love if you left a review, um, if that's something that you feel compelled to do. Okay, so moving on to the topic of today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about why some traditional decluttering advice doesn't work. And before I go into all the nitty gritty details, I just want to have a few sort of big disclaimers. One is that everybody is different, right? If you've listened to this podcast or any of my work before, you'll know that minimalism is not one size fits all. And, you know, what is clutter is different for everyone. What is enough is different for everyone, right? Like even in my own life, you know, I've gone through stages where I've been ultra minimalist and lived in 140 square feet, or I traveled around the world once for eight, eight months eight, nine months, something like that, with just a small carry-on luggage, right? So I have been there where I've been ultra-minimalist, but now I have two kids, and I live in a two-bedroom apartment, and it's still small. It's only um, about 660 square feet, but I'm definitely nowhere as minimalist as I was before. So I just bring that up to point out that when I say, like, decluttering advice, my problem with these decluttering advice or why I think it doesn't work of course, there's going to be exceptions. And you're probably going to say, oh, actually, some of that worked for me. And that's absolutely fine. But what I think is that when you get to the point where you're starting to feel a bit stuck, um, you know, you've made some progress with decluttering, but now you're at this point where it's kind of sticky and you can't really gain any traction. What I think happens is that the I don't want to say generic, but like the generally accepted decluttering advice, what most people kind of know intuitively to do won't necessarily help you. It's like that it, that expression, you know, what got you here won't get you there. And that's been my experience with decluttering as well. So I'm not saying this to like put down anybody else's decluttering advice, but just to perhaps give you some insights into if you're struggling, why what you're doing might not be working. Okay, so let's go with point number one. I think that a lot of the traditional 
decluttering advice really encourages an all or nothing mindset. Okay. And so what is an all or nothing mindset? I am, I struggle with this. <laughs> I have struggled with it so badly um, my entire life. And that's the kind of thing, like even when I was a kid, if I didn't have time to clean my entire room top to bottom, I didn't want to do anything. And my mom will vouch for this, right? She'd be like, my room would be a mess most of the time. But when I felt like cleaning, it would be absolutely spotless. And I would spend like, you know, eight, 10, 12 hours. I'd stay up all night, right? And clean every corner of my room. And I kind of feel like that's how some people feel about decluttering. So I've had lots of conversations with people where they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to declutter, but I'm putting it off to like this week in October where I've got a few days off work. And so I can wait until I've got like three solid days to do absolutely everything. And if that works for you, if you're happy with that, then go for it. But for me, I've noticed that even though I have this all or nothing personality, it's not very healthy for me personally. And I'll tell you for a few reasons. One is that, you know, time is precious and it's kind of hard sometimes to find, you know, three days or you can do nothing but declutter. And so you keep putting it off, right? The things that you want to do, these projects that you want to do in your home, aka decluttering, just keep getting pushed off into this someday pile where you're like, oh, I'll get it done one day. And then one day becomes another day, right? And then weeks pass and then months pass and nothing has happened. And you're sort of just sitting there still dealing with all the um, you know, difficulties that come with having a lot of clutter in your home. So that kind of procrastination, you might even call it, is one of the problems with that all or nothing mindset. The other one is that I find that when you do have the time, let's say you've been putting off and you're just waiting until you've got that day where you can like dump everything out of your closet, dump everything out, you know, pull everything out and look at it. And you've got a whole day set aside and you start decluttering. What happens? Well, I've actually seen a few memes about this and it's so accurate. What happens is you get like halfway through or even just a quarter of way through and you look around and you look at all your stuff that's like covering your floor and covering your bed and you oh my God, what have I gotten myself into, right? <laughs> I don't know if any of you have ever experienced that. I definitely have. And it is, you know, actually I'm joking about it now, like it's funny. But actually, when you are in that, when you're in that moment, it's actually not very funny. Um, sometimes you feel like crying, <laughs> maybe if you're highly emotional like I am, or, you know, it's just really dejecting and you kind of end up in kind of a negative thought loop and you're like, I'm never going to get this done. What am I doing? And um, for me, when that's happened, what has often been the results is that I just like scoop everything back up, shove it, you know, under the bed or in my closet. Um, and then what happens is not only did I not get what I wanted done, but it creates this really negative memory. Like I have this really negative experience with decluttering. So then the next time I try to get back into it, I tend to procrastinate more, right? Because nobody feels excited about doing something that feels horrible. Um, and then, you know, I procrastinate. And then when I do start, I just fight it harder. I beat myself up more. I have that excuse me, that memory of how hard it was last time. And it just becomes like this really negative fault loop and it's so much harder to get things done. And so what I would suggest is sort of a better way to approach decluttering is that it doesn't have to be this massive thing like a spring clean. 
it can be something that we can kind of work on constantly and, you know, a little bit at a time. And, you know, I guess when I think about minimalism, when I think about decluttering, when I think about what I teach, it's not really like cleaning. Like, I'm not a cleaning or organizing expert. Please don't come. <laughs> if that's what you're looking for, I hate to break it for you. This is not my life. But what it is, it's more about how we make decisions, right? It's about our mindset and the way that we look at things. And we start to look at our clutter with new eyes. And when you can do that, you don't have to have everything out to decide what to keep. You can just look through a few things and just be like, okay, well, this no longer serves me. This doesn't, um, isn't helping me create the vision that I want for my home, right? These things don't belong. I can get rid of a little bit every day, okay? And we're going to talk about that a little bit more when I address the second problem that um, a lot of people have with traditional decluttering advice. But I'll just quickly say that really honing in on that idea that when you declutter, that you have to dump everything out or like pull everything out of your drawers um, I know that is very standard decluttering advice, and I think that it's really effective when you are decluttering practical stuff. Like if you're decluttering your kitchen and you have 10 mixing bowls outside and you only need three, you may not realize that you have 10 until you dump everything out and gather everything. And now you're like, oh, I've got 10 mixing bowls. I only need three. I'll declutter seven. Okay. And so that that advice does work in that situation. But once you've moved past that kind of initial decluttering where you're doing the really practical stuff, which I think is probably easier for most people anyway, when you start to move on to stuff that's a little stickier, I call it sticky clutter, um, things like emotional clutter, sentimental clutter, stuff that you're not quite sure what to do with. Like it's not as clear as, oh, this is a mixing bowl. It's something that you might need. You're not really sure right? This kind of stuff that's not, I don't know, it's sticky. That's the best way I can think to describe it. When you're dealing with that, it's not as necessary to see everything. You can make that decision independently without having to dump everything out on your bed and get completely overwhelmed. All right. So that is point number one. The second problem I have with some decluttering advice is that I don't think that it is substantial enough in the support that it gives you with deciding what to keep and what to let go. And <laughs> that probably wasn't the best way to describe it. So I'll give you an example. A lot of decluttering advice says things like, um, you know, everyone knows, of course, it's very famous Marie Kondo saying things like, you know, does it spark joy? Or you may have heard other decluttering advice, like if you haven't used it in six months, get rid of it that kind of thing. And again, this isn't bad advice. And it, you may have found it helpful in the beginning. But if you keep getting stuck, what I would argue is that we need to get sometimes a little bit more specific. Okay, so this is very broad advice, very subjective. And when you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're decluttering a whole home, it's really helpful to be more intentional with your decisions. And I'll just quickly say that I I talk a lot about this. I cover it in my program, Clay Your Clutter, and I think I'm probably going to record another podcast about this. Um, I think the next episode actually will be about reactive decluttering versus intentional decluttering. But what I'll just quickly say is this. When you are decluttering, 
I encourage you to think of it as editing or curating your home, right? So you're thinking about the end result. What do you want your house to look like? And really beyond that, like, what do you want your life to be like? What is the lifestyle that you want to have in your house? Okay. And when you start to think about that, you want to be decluttering in a way that leads to this final destination, right? We don't want to just be like randomly going through things. I mean, like, do I want to keep this? Do I want to keep this? Does this, you know, how about use this in six months, right? You want to be asking yourself, does this item help me create the home that I want, the lifestyle that I want? Okay. And what you can do is use that to drill down even further and kind of create more specific criteria that goes beyond have you used this in six months. So um, I'll just give you a really simple example with my closet. When I decluttered my closet, um, if I just use the concept, like, does this bring joy? It would have been very hard for me to decide what to keep because, like, I loved everything. I love clothes. My natural personality is just. Um, I am a person who loves stuff, which might surprise some people because I identify as a minimalist. But going on a tangent here, part of why I am a minimalist is because I love stuff so much that I need criteria. I needed to sort of um, train myself to be more discerning and to use my stuff as a tool to create the life that I want. Because if I didn't have any kind of intention behind it, if I was just following my joy, uh, you know, I'm a reform shopaholic, I would have a house full of a million things, okay? So we have to have some criteria. We have to have some intention behind what we decide to keep or declutter. And a very simple example, when I was decluttering my closet, one thing I noticed is I love the color yellow on other people. I love like bright yellow, sunny clothing, you know, flowers, yellow, always so beautiful, right? But I was never wearing it because when I put it on, I didn't really like the way that it looked against my skin. And, you know, it's not a debate, any fashion advice, thank you. But just personally, I just knew that I didn't like it, so I didn't wear it. So I could be intentional, right? I could create this criteria for myself and say, hey, I don't want to wear yellow clothes, right? Or not, sorry. It's not that I don't want to wear yellow clothes. It's that I don't wear yellow clothes. So when I declutter my closet, again, it's not just have I worn this or does it bring joy, but I'm looking in there and saying, all right, if there's anything yellow in here, I'm going to get rid of it because I know that I'm not going to wear. And that ties in with that all or nothing decluttering, right? So if you start to create some criteria for yourself, if you spend a lot of time thinking about the end result and what you want to achieve with your home, your closet, your life, et cetera, then you don't have to pull everything out to make decisions about what to keep. You could be like, well, I know that I don't like this item or I don't want to keep this type of item, right? And then you can thin out your your possessions. Thin out my closet, right? I don't have to dump everything out to pull out the yellow shirts, okay? So I think that that's um, just something that's really important to think about. It's not just what do you enjoy, what do you want to keep, but what purpose does it serve? And what is really fantastic about that is not only is that a way to make decluttering easier, but the results are better, right? Because again, if we're just going through that kind of, oh, do I like this? Do I, does this bring me joy? Do I, do I want to keep it? You're still, how do I put this? Not trying to be rude because this is, <laughs> this is me as well. But if you are really good at making decisions about what to keep, right? About creating Let's say a wardrobe. I'm just using, you know, the closet as an example because it's very easy. 
But if you were good at creating a closet where you could just, you know, use your intuition to decide what to keep, you wouldn't have so much stuff in the first place and you wouldn't need to be decluttering. Okay. So instead, when you're intentional about it, when you have some guidance, some guidelines that you create for yourself, it makes letting go easier. But the closet that you get at the end is more cohesive, right? It is your beginning with the end in mind. And so when you're done, you're like, oh, great. Look, I created the closet that I want. And again, that applies to everything, your home, your life, right? We want to sort of think about what we're trying to achieve, what we want, and then we declutter as a tool to help us get that. Okay, so that's number two. Number three, and this is something that I'm very, very passionate about. If you're listening to this and you're in my program, Clear Clutter, you'll know that this is what we spend the vast majority of time talking about, and that is you know, traditional decluttering advice tells you, in my opinion, how to declutter, but it doesn't tell you how to let go. And that is two really different things. And I say this because it comes from my own experience. I, when I was first sort of learning to declutter, I don't know if learning is the right word, just trying to declutter. I found that like I was reading some of advice and it was like, you know, if this, you get rid of things, so, you know, just get rid of things that you haven't worn um, get rid of stuff, right? Get rid of things. And I'm like, okay. In my brain, I'm like, yes, I know I should get rid of things. But then I would pick something up and try to get rid of it. And sometimes it was even like, I know I should get rid of this. I know I don't need this, but I just couldn't. It was like, like a web, like something was holding me to this item. And I was like, uh, right. <laughs> I need, I need to record a video so you could see my funny facial expressions. But anyway, I was trying to get rid of these things that I sort of logically knew that I should get rid of, but emotionally found it to be very hard. And I was like looking for advice and someone to try to help me figure out, well, how do I let go of those things? And I just didn't find a lot of it. It might be out there. I'm not saying, obviously, I haven't read everything in the world about decluttering. Um, but I wasn't seeing it talked about very often. And so I sort of went on my own journal, which is a cheesy thing to say, but it's true. And what I found is that I had to do a ton of emotional work in order to get to a place to let go. And so it's really, it's, it's, there's so much to it, so much more than I could cover in even a whole podcast series. As I said, it's something that we talk about in depth in my program. But really, you have to break down your relationship with clutter and it's unique for everyone. And there are reasons why you hold on to things, um, which are very, um, rooted in our past, in our insecurities, our thoughts, our fears, you know, depending on what happened to you, things that happened to you when you were a child, right? Or some kind of event that happened to you in your life or something that people used to say to you. I mean, there's so many um, that we of these kind of thoughts and beliefs that we could talk about, but it's often that is what's keeping you attached to your sticky stuff, okay? You don't have that depth of connection with your mixing bowls, perhaps, right? And that's why it's easier to let go. But when you have those items that you're just like, oh, I don't know what to do with it. We have to dig deep and we have to look at what is your relationship with clutter. And then it's not an overnight fix. It's not like you snap your fingers and then everything's simple, but it gives you something to work on. It's kind of like, and I've probably said this before, but it's kind of like when you go to the doctor and you have a cough, Right. And you've been taking cough medicine, you've been trying to do everything you can to get rid of this cough. 
But it's not until you get a diagnosis and they say, okay, actually, you have this cough because you have this disease. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know, right? But you have this disease. And now that we know that you have this disease, this is the treatment plan that we can give you so that you can get better, right? And so we have to look at why you have clutter, right? And again, there's some common themes, but everybody's sort of different. Nobody's exactly the same. But we sort of give you a diagnosis or you, I don't give you your diagnosis. You have to really come up with it on your own. But I help you discover your diagnosis and give you a path to figure out what you need to do to let go of your clutter, let go of your clutter. But it's very much of a mindset thing. You have to really look at your relationship with clutter. Why do you hold on to things? And then we can figure out once we know why you hold on, then we can do the work to figure out um, you know, how you can let go. Okay. And as I said, I just think I'm so passionate about that. And I think it is something that's not mentioned enough. And I will just quickly go on another tangent because again, regular listeners, you will know I love tangents. I think it's important to acknowledge that there's this relationship issue with clutter, because if you don't, what happens? And I know this because it happens to me. You read sort of that traditional advice, which is just like, you know, let go of things that you're not using. Um, you know, know that your memories are in your stuff, right? You get all this kind of advice. But then when you can't follow through on it, when it's hard, you think, oh my God, something is wrong with me. I'm an idiot. Why can't I declutter, right? Where the answer isn't that there's something wrong with you. The answer is that there's another step to the decluttering process that nobody is talking about. I, and in my programs, actually, we actually call that step compassionate curiosity, where we get curious about why it's hard for you to declutter with compassion, as the name says, and then we can start to unravel the threads that make it easier to let go. Okay, so I hope you found this helpful. Um, so these are the sort of three things, I guess, that you could perhaps work on if you are decluttering and you find that sort of the traditional advice or just isn't working for you anymore. And if you want to learn more, bear with me, I'll just grab my notes. I am actually um, hosting some free training very soon. So as I mentioned, I've got this program, a group program called Player Clutter. I've been teaching it. I teach it twice a year live, um, and I've been doing so for about three years now. And so we are going to be opening Player Clutter for enrollment on the 20th of July. But what I'm doing first something new this year that I've never done before is I'm doing something called prep school. So it's going to be um, from the 16th to the 20th. I'm going to run three live workshops. So I think it's actually the 16th, the 18th, the 20th. We just sort of to help you, um, if you, if you're not in a position to join Clear Clutter, you know, join anyway, because it'll give you some tips and advice to help you get started. But if you're thinking about joining Clear Clutter, you definitely want to attend this free workshop because it's, as I said, it's prep school. It's kind of giving you kind of a head start and helping you clear some of the things um, that you need to know about clutter, just having some of those breakthroughs before we even start the program. And that's free for everyone. And I probably haven't sold it really well, but um, just if you want more decluttering advice, like you've heard in this podcast, if you want to learn more about what you've heard in this podcast, go to simplybearsley.com slash prep school. And there's a sign up page there. As I said, it's free. Just enroll and then you'll get an invitation to three Zoom calls 
Um, you don't have to stress if you can't attend them all live. You can, you know, watch the replays later. Um, but if you want to attend them live, that's always great because then you can ask questions. Okay, so um, simplyfiercely.com slash prep school if you want to come to the free training. Or you can go to simplyfiercely.com slash clear your clutter if you just want to go straight to clear your clutter and join the program. Um, the doors won't be open till the 20th of July, but you can get on the waiting list if you'd like. Okay, so thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful rest of the week. And I will see you, well, not see you. I will be talking to you next week because, as I said, the podcast is now weekly. All right, so thank you, everyone. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Simply and Fiercely show. If you want to learn more, you can download my free mindful decluttering guide and learn all the secrets that help me go from shopaholic to minimalist. All you need to do is visit simplyfiercely.com backslash free guide. That's all one word to get instant access. Until next time, thanks again.